Nothing completes an outfit better than accessories. Pair your favorite fall looks with luxurious handmade jewelry from Sunny Blake. Some of our favorite hot girls like Amara La Negra and DeWanda Wise have been spotted wearing their earrings. Sunny Blake is giving our listeners 15% off with the code book club. So head over to SunnyBlake.com. That's S-U-N-N-I-B-L-A-K-E.com. This jewelry is for every girl and every occasion, whatever your style, no matter your budget. Welcome to the Hot Girl Book Club. Welcome to the third episode of the Hot Girl Book Club. For the month of October, our read was Allegedly. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have not read it, just started, please do not listen unless you enjoy spoiler alerts. So Tamika, welcome back. Hope you're feeling better. Tamika was a little bit under the weather, so I wish her good grades. Yes. Hey, everyone. I'm back. Got a little bit of a cough still, but I'm pushing through. Mm. And I hope you guys enjoyed the book. But again, like Ingrid said, um, don't listen to this because you definitely want to get to the end and be totally ignorant of what happens. And be traumatized because I was absolutely traumatized. This is the second time that I read this book and I completely forgot about the ending. And I literally was pissed all over again. Yeah, I had some very strong reactions too, but I think um I think we'll have them for um separate reasons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so let's get into them. So this episode I want to set it up like a court case. So stepping into the courtroom, me and Tamika are currently on trial for some crimes that we have committed. So within our opening statements, we're going to discuss what crime would we have been sent to the group home for. Tamika? Well, um, I think it would have been for scamming. So I feel like I got a little JT in me. Not necessarily credit card scamming, but scamming a man. I did have a situation. And funny enough, he just reached out to me for my birthday. Um, But somebody tried to play me on some Me Too stuff. Long story. But I was like, oh, so we're going there. And I basically created this this lie and got um six hundred dollars out of it. Now you do with that information what you will, but that's definitely something I would be locked up for. So scamming is um <laughs> is my crime. Mm, y'all can't see, but I'm giving her the major side eye. But I'm gonna talk to her <laughs> offline to see about that six hundred dollars. <laughs> Um, I think mine would probably involve a man too, but this is probably going to be younger Ingrid, not current Ingrid, but I'd probably be on trial or be sent to the group home, probably for like attempted murder. Cause I feel like niggas be trying the hell out of you. Well, no, let's anybody, anybody can get that. So <laughs> I feel like coworkers could get it. Sometimes family members can get it. So probably attempted murder for somebody trying the hell out of me. I'm going to go with that. Okay. Okay. Actually, my sister um, like grew up going to group homes and then eventually went to prison. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're n- a lot of people in there are just in there from like one situation going bad. So mm. it's um, 
it's very possible that we could all be in their shoes. Yes. I feel like crimes of passion is that top thing where it's like, oh, I'm pissed in this moment. You know, this person might've played me. They might've hurt my feelings. They might've cheated on me. And I simply react without thinking. And next thing you know, I done bust somebody tires. You know, I done shot somebody. And they don't think about like the consequences after. So I definitely think crimes of passion is top and I probably would be guilty. Yes. Do you like watching Snapped? I used to. So I used to be addicted to watching Snapped and the ID channel. I was like, I don't watch, I don't have cable girls. So I don't watch, I don't have any shows right now. I'm still like a CSI like buff. Okay. But I don't watch the ID channel. Now, Snap used to be my show, but that was like in what, high school? Mm -hmm. And then as I got to college, I actually started doing things. You know, I didn't have to watch it no more. I was actually (laughs) out in the real world. Being a criminal. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move into the next phase of the show. This is going to be called Allegedly. This is a lightning round. And if you've read the book, certain characters within the book, although they were sent to the group home or confined to the group home, whether they worked there or were living there for different um, actions that they did, we are going to say our own actions and crimes that we feel like they were guilty of. So I'm going to say a name, then Tamika's going to say a name. And after we say the names that we are um, presenting, the other individual is going to say what they felt like that person was guilty of. So I'm going to start and I'm going to go with Mrs. Stein or Miss Stein. Miss Stein. Hold on. Before I get her mixed up, that was... The one that was running the group home who did a terrible fucking job. that bitch. Um, (laughs) She guilty. Um, and she's guilty. I've picked some she's guilty of, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. She is guilty. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to say allegedly. She is guilty of cruelty of minors. Mm. Definitely endangerment because she did not do her fucking job. Not at, at all. all. Mm. She's one of the ones that pissed me off. I agree. I agree. Because I feel like she watched certain situations happen and she never stepped in or even just how she treated the girls, period, was like terrible. Like the food quality, the living quality. She did a terrible fucking job. Is that the one who cat got killed too? No, that was the um, other lady. So Miss Reba, the lady that was kind of like security. Okay. That was her cat. Miss mm-hmm. Sign was the one that was running the facility. So she was okay. like the head honcho. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I ain't, I ain't like her. I really like Miss Reba. I didn't like. I didn't like any of them in the home. I felt like a lot of things that were happening could have been avoided. Like these fights that they allowed to go on up until like somebody was about to be killed. Like, come on, you're living in a home with girls who are in trouble for, you know, committed crimes. Like, you know, um, what do I want to call it violence why would you let them you know kind of roam free right knowing that they don't get along it just it just was a lot yeah i did like the man i forgot his name but the one who took her to get her license and the one who had a daughter Oh, winters yes yes i i did like him he started to show a softer side he reminds me of um like people can see that you have maybe been led astray on your path or whatever, but when they see you trying to get back on the right path, they usually come back over 
um, to support you. But unfortunately, you have to show a step forward before they kind of realize um, the humanity in yourself. But yeah, I liked I liked him. Mm, Winters was cool. Who else can you think of? Who do you have for allegedly? Sarah, with their new about. girl. So, oh God! <laughs> when I tell you, and I literally like when I say I read this, well, I listen to the audiobook for people who don't consider that to count as reading, which is a completely different topic. But I forgot how cynical she was. Like she was evil. Like I feel about. I feel like she was like the omen, the little boy in the omen. <laughs> like, right. He switched up so quick. So I mm, I don't know, conniving. I'm scared to even talk about her. I feel like she might come and get me. <laughs> right. Because when she was um, describing how she was in the bed, just kind of staring at her. And the girl's mm-hmm. like, are you afraid of me? And I'm like, oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Right. Absolutely like, not. <laughs> you supposed to be my friend. Now you over here tripping like worse than the rest of them. Because the rest of them was on some, oh, I'm going to bully you. But she was ready to kill. So, mm, yeah. Right. I think I don't I ain't got no degree in psychology, sociology. But is that like what a a sociopath is? Because like she really like flipped the script on her. But I did appreciate that while they were friends um, before she switched over, she introduced her to forgot what they called it. But it reminds me of the Innocence Project. I think that's what Mm, it's called in, in real life. I forgot what she called it in the book. But she got introduced to that and she was on she that did. road. Yeah. But that was weird because like the way she just kind of switched up and was like, Oh, well now you're going to leave me. And then it just got really dark after that. Like you right. wanted me to find this lawyer so that I can fight my case, but then you didn't want me to leave you, which was crazy. So I don't know. I feel like maybe even schizophrenia, but you know, I don't have no psychology degree either. So I don't know if it was like multiple personalities what that could have been, but that definitely threw me for a loop because I definitely did not expect it. Even the second time reading it, I didn't expect it. So mm, I don't know. What you think about Ted? <laughs> mm, I liked Ted, and I don't. I feel like I'm I'm in the um, minority. I, I like Ted. So what can I say? He's before guilty, or after. Though. I liked him the whole book. I liked him the whole book. I think Ted is guilty of trying to survive. Mm, A product of his environment. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can see that. I really fell in love with Ted Ted when he bust up in that youth home. Like, where the fuck is my girl? I was like, (laughs) Ted, a real one. That's Mm. when you can tell dudes like really like care. Like you could tell he cared in the beginning. But like that, I was like, see, that would have me. I don't care how many other girls he had. Be like, I'm going to be dumb for this one because he cared. <laughs> mm, <laughs> he really cared. And see, I wanted to leave with he was a cheating asshole. But I mean, I could see that. He riding for his girl. He trying to do what you know, he got to do for them to survive. So, I mean, I guess I'll excuse. Because he did come up with some money, though. So I will say that. So. He was, he was ready to leave with her. I, he was a mm-hmm. homosexual. He had, you know, he had to do what he had to do to have some place to lay his head. <laughs> but the, the rape thing did throw me off. But 
mm-hmm. once he kind yes. of like explained it, knowing he was so young. Um, I don't know. I didn't feel as angry at him about mm-hmm. it. Keep that, keep that, because I want to okay. talk about that as All far right. as um, whether people can be guilty for things at certain, I don't want to say age, because age doesn't really signify, you know, whether you're mature mm-hmm. or not. So that's definitely something that continued to come up for me while I continued like read the book. And especially at the end, um, <laughs> you know, that was definitely a factor because I think that was one of the biggest things during Mary's case was her age. So right. I feel like maybe if she was older, things would have been a lot different. I think, yeah, race came up. But I think the age thing really was like a big thing that was not, it was kind of touched on when she got with the attorney, but it wasn't focused on as much as I probably would have liked to see mm-hmm. as far as someone being, you know, held accountable, you know, at that age. Is there anybody else that you can think of? Kelly. Kelly. Who was Kelly? Kelly was oh. the Yeah. Mm. <laughs> See, I kinda I kinda group Kelly. The one thing that pops into my head is this is a lightning round. She got what she deserved. That's all. <laughs> That's the first thing that pops into my head. Honestly, I feel about Kelly the same way I feel about all the other girls. They continuously were like fucking with her, you know, over trivial things. But I mean, at that age, that's kind of what happens, you know, bullying, you know, people taunting you and doing all kind of crazy things. But I feel like they were taking it to the extreme, like stealing money, messing with her books, like oh, just yeah. doing a lot that I'm glad she went off when she did. And I'm glad she kind of set the tone for don't fuck with me. But then... Mm. <laughs> When the storm happened and it was in the basement, I thought it was over for you, girl. Because that was um, interesting. I thought she was going to really get her. Like, mm. Right. The author did. Tiffany did a very, very good job of, of writing this story. Because a lot of stuff that I read sometimes is predictable. I mm-hmm. had no idea what was going to happen. Mm. That's true. I think she did a really good job. This was her debut novel. I think mm-hmm. she did an amazing, amazing job. And then I've never been interested in youth adult or, excuse me, not youth adult, but youth books um, as an adult. Like when I was younger, I used to read like a lot of things that are probably too grown. And now, you know, I reverted back to reading things that were for youth. And it was a really good book. Really, really good book. Like, Yeah, I've read probably three young adult novels this year and was surprisingly shocked that they are like some of my top reads this year. And I'm like, mm. how? But I'm like, oh my God, this was so good. But it's so good. So descriptive. And I, I think I have another one too. I don't know if this is considered young adult, but there's another one I'm thinking of that was really good. And then her second book was amazing too. Who? So she, she does a good job with it. Oh, Monday's I not coming? Yes. Ooh. Okay. I have it. I haven't cracked it open yet. Like, I'm glad you announced this one because I've had, I think, both since January because they went on sale for like two or three dollars on Kindle. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've heard these were good. Let me buy them. And I just had them sitting. And you were like, oh, I'm, I'm glad. Allegedly. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm so I need to crack open. It. Monday's not coming. I did buy my niece both of them. I need to check and see if she if she read them. 
Loretta. Yeah, they're heavy. Monday's not coming is just as heavy. If not, it's just as heavy. It's I wanted to say it was heavier because it deals with some other things, but she definitely that little thriller mystery. She definitely got it in the bag. Like that was a good read too, and I read that actually. Um, I can't remember if I had the book or like an ebook, but I didn't listen to that when I actually read mm-hmm. it, and it was pretty good. So. Okay. Yeah, that's another good one. Is there anybody else that you can think of? The mom. We should say. Oh damn, girl. <laughs> oh, you want to? We might. We might talk about her Ooh. some more because that. Whoo. Yeah. Okay. So, so, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about the mom? I'm call out her name. Um, let me. I'll just say Heffa because she. She. I did not like her at all. I'm going to go with manipulative. Not going to expand on it because we're definitely going to talk about it. <laughs> what do you think about um, Mrs. Richardson, Alyssa's mom? I liked Mrs. Richardson. She was doing the best that she could do in spite of that. And the fact that she came to the jail, the fact that she let Mary in her home mm-hmm. um, shows that she had some forgiveness there maybe she was i think she was still trying to figure out things um but she didn't take it out on mary but i think she thought that mary's mom did it anyway mm-hmm. but um she i mean she gave you what she could give it's like look girl you lucky I ain't strangling you right now or whatever. Like, I could hate you. I could not say anything to you. I could wish that they have given you the death penalty or something like that. But she was more so of, this is how I've been working through it. This is how it has affected me. Um, You know, how can... I think she did say at one point, because um, when she said that she wanted to keep her baby and she was like, oh, you know, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And I I totally understood that, and I think any any normal, not even normal, but I just feel like that's a an expected reaction, mm. and it wasn't like too over the top. I don't have anything good to say about her. I'm gonna be honest, and <laughs> I don't know if I should save this for evidence, but I don't have anything good to say about Mrs. Richardson. Okay, let's talk about an evidence. Okay, and now that we're getting heavier into the bulk of the book, we're going to move into evidence. Evidence is going to be the topics and themes that kind of suck with us or things that really stood out to us within the book. But overall, I just want to know how you felt about reading the book. Let's start with the first half of the book and then move into the ending. Okay, so I think even the first chapter, but definitely by the time I got to the middle of the book, I was like, the mama had something to do with this. Um, Because I don't think children Mm. are inherently born evil, but there are some exceptions. Like I watch the ID channel. Well, I don't watch it as much because I don't have cable either, Mm -hmm. but I used to binge it all day, every day. And I know some of the famous serial killer cases and Ted Bundy is one of my favorite. And his grandmother said when Mm -hmm. he was younger, I think he was about three 
he surrounded her with knives while she was asleep. And when she woke up, he was staring at her. That's creepy. Mm. Now, those are kids is like some may right? Like if if they hurt animals, that's why I'm glad my daughter is an animal lover. I still sleep with my door locked. But, <laughs> you know, if they they torture animals, um, definitely if they've experienced anything traumatic, they can sometimes carry on that behavior. But for the most part, I think children are born um, sweet and we as humans and we as um, the earth mess them up. Um, which her mama did do a lot of that, but I didn't think. Yes, I I just thought the mama had I, mama had something to do with it. So when she told her story, I'm like, okay, I I believe this, and it mm-hmm. it made it made sense. And then once we got to the end, and then they kind of changed it. I still believed that first story. I didn't believe the change in the end. Wait, wait, wait. What did you say? I said I, because she had she had the first story when she went to, um, when she went to the Innocence Project or whatever it was called, um, to talk to the lawyers, and that's when right. she gave the full on story. I I believe that story, and then when the story changed towards the end. I didn't believe that story. Mm. What changed? I'm trying to. What changed in the story? I can't remember. Well, she um she said that her mom was trying to quiet the baby. Her mom gave the pills, mm. or like she told her to get out of the room, like, and then yeah. towards the end, it's like, oh, I did this. And I did that. But when it turns out that she also hid this necklace and then it made her mama nervous when they brought up the necklace. Um, I I didn't believe the, the change story. And then how her mom kind of went about the case. It, it threw me off in the first chapter because she was like, see, baby, it's not even a lot of time. And I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember. Because this happens a lot in the hood when it comes to like drugs, um, but they'll a lot of times they will give, say, like a little kid uh, a drug package, give them to deliver it because if they get caught, they're not going to get much time. Like right, I've seen that they don't have any priors or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And they're so young, it's like you can't do much. Versus if I'm 30 and I get caught with it, I'm going to be gone for a long time. And I felt like that was the the motive behind her mom, um, mm. kind of pushing and saying. But I don't think that child was competent enough to do that. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to save that, <laughs> the ending of that part for her uh, second to last topic. But me reading, I think I had the same mindset up until I got into the, up until the end. And then at the end, I was like, oh, nah, you know, I I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I, I felt like I left the book more confused than ever. And then the way it just kind of dropped off for me, it was like, okay. So none of these questions that I have in my mind are going to be answered. I'm just going to be left with, you know, wondering, did she really do it? Did she not do it? You know, what part did her mom play in it? 
like nothing. We don't know nothing. We don't know what happened to the baby. We don't know, you know, what happened with her and Ted. We don't have any of that information anymore. I would love to see like a part two Mm -hmm. from this book. I feel like that would definitely be something for readers because I feel like it was left on like a huge huge cliffhanger and i feel like she didn't really address if that was her real mom either because remember but i think the birth certificate i think the birth certificate that they had stated that she was the mom and that the father was unknown if i if i'm remembering correctly and that was another thing that was um because the way they presented it, I really thought about like the baby kidnappings mm-hmm. when they were talking about the mom's behavior when she was working in the hospital. And that's not something that's unheard of. So I thought about that too. And I don't know if maybe that birth certificate was a forged document, but that was an interesting turn and spin on it. Yeah, I thought to it make was. make you feel like maybe she wasn't really her daughter. Right. I thought it was forged, but a couple of months ago, I listened to a podcast. I think it's called The Fall Line, but they had a whole section on Grady babies and how babies were stolen from Mm, the hospital in Atlanta. So they were stealing babies from Grady? Yeah. So um, apparently there was like this whole thing that like Grady was like the number one hospital for infant abductions. And they Mm. the whole podcast, they go they go through like how these babies were stolen and how we have all these precautions now in the hospital to prevent it. Like I remember my daughter having an ankle bracelet when I had her and I was like, what, what is this? I'm like, yeah, my baby on tether. She ain't been out, you know, a day. And my mom's like, that's to prevent them from stealing the baby. Like if you went past that, it would, it would go off. And like, mm-hmm. they have like real security back there. And I guess as a, you know, a teen parent, I just I just couldn't grapple with the fact that somebody could just come in and just take your baby. You never see your baby again. And they actually interviewed a few moms that had had this happen to them. Now, some some babies got returned, um, but one, she never found her child again. And they were just going over all these cases over the years where Grady um, didn't have enough. They didn't have a better system to keep these babies safe. And a few people sued them as well. And I remember calling mm. my cousin. She's in Atlanta. And I was like, you ain't going to Grady, are you? <laughs> and she's like, girl, no. Nah. <laughs> but I didn't know Grady was like the hood hospital. Don't, don't, you know, you don't go there unless you have to. Um, but they have an awesome trauma center. So <laughs> Right. I heard you get my shot. friends that work at Grady. <laughs> They're like, if you get shot, you go to Grady. But Awesome trauma center that I just, that's crazy though. Like I know I've seen like the story where Kiki Palmer, I think it was a Lifetime movie where the nurse had um, stole the baby and she played the the baby that was stolen. But I didn't know that that was a, a real thing. Like I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know how actual, you know. I think they actually talked about that case too. They did kind of this side part where they talked about that individual case and Mm -hmm. how that woman had just in the middle of the night, just kind of rolled to a hospital and just Mm. went in there. I think she posed as a nurse, like Mm -hmm. had on scrubs and just picked the baby up and just walked out. Mm. That's crazy. I don't think I want to. 
I don't think I want a baby that bad. Like that to me, I feel like psychologically there's something wrong if you can do that. And I mean, Mary's mom did show signs of having some mental, you know, problems. So maybe, I don't know. Tiffany needs to add, you know, answer some of these questions because I want to know. <laughs> like right. Joe, I need to know these things because now I'm thinking and now it makes me want to go back and reread it because maybe I missed something because I le- legit was only focused on the father on the birth certificate because Mary was so focused on trying to figure out who her father was that I didn't even think about anything else that they said about the birth certificate other than the father being unknown and had right. not understood in that concept Yeah, she had no idea who her daddy was. And because her mama put her through so much, it's like you kind of think that other parent is going to be so much better and they're going to, like, save you. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy world we living in. Yes, 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 yes. I just, I felt bad for her. I think that was the overall feeling that I got while reading this book. Like, I continuously felt bad for her because... I believed, oh, no, you know, she's innocent. How could this young girl, you know, do this? Or how could she be held, you know, responsible or accountable? Especially, like, once we started moving into her trial, like, when she first was interviewed by detectives and her mom allowed them to do so. Like, I feel like that was a setup. Like, her mom knew, you know what I'm saying? I don't know anybody. Like, Central Five, you know, their parents were like, oh, no, you cannot, you know, interview you know, my well, one of the moms was like, you can't interview, you know, my child without me being there. And I feel like if her mom really cared, she would have at least, you know, showed up for her and been some type of protection. But she just kind of let her, you know, be free to the wolves. Right. I feel like her mama set her up on purpose. Um, and mm-hmm. I did feel bad for her. It just it was just like she never had a chance. Like one, I don't think, I think she was stolen and then you're stolen Mm -hmm. and you're put in this worse situation Um, and all the things she had to experience. And then with the, um, the boyfriend, like trying to touch on her. And then, and this is all like before she turned nine and she Mm -hmm. turned nine and then this happens. And then with them sending her to a, um, a real prison. So my right. sister went to prison when she was, I think, sixteen, mm. and she got out when she was when she was twenty. And I also know boys who I went to school with who went to prison when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. And my sister was in trouble for inciting a riot. My sister used to fight, but I mean, these people, the boys, were like attempted robbery and like. Mm-hmm. on a grander scale than what my sister Bigger did. Crimes. Right. However, there are I won't call them baby prisons, but there are boy homes for mm-hmm. males that commit crimes when they're young. And then once they turn 18, they get moved. But with girls, there's nothing like that. So, mm-hmm. at least in Michigan. So, they all got oh, okay. sent nice to question. the big prison with you're in there with like lifers and all that. And like I said, my sister was there pretty much throughout her um, entire, not entire um, teenagehood, but the the latter half. And there was at one point where she was in a cell for 23 hours a day and out for mm. an hour. And it's like, these are children 
in a sense, even when right. they're 18, like my daughter's about to be 18. She's going to be a kid for a while mentally. <laughs> yes. but, um, It's just amazing to me that they don't have these things in place. I don't know if girls don't commit enough crimes because we don't know a bunch mm-hmm. of girls that get in trouble like this. Um, right. But there is no way. I always thought it was weird, even when I was young, because my sister's three and a half years older than me. I always thought it was weird that she would go straight to a big prison. Like she was always around older people versus the boys I knew went to the little baby prisons. Mm, that's heavy. Just even thinking about the 23 hours being like locked up and confined, like seeing what that does to an adult's mind. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that is, you know, to a child that's probably not even fully able to understand what's going on, you know, in the situation. And then they're still mentally, like they're still developing. We still, I mean, mentally we're still growing, but during those younger years, that's when it's more um, pivotal. So the events that are happening within your life really can influence, you know, everything else that comes in the future. So I do, I felt like for Mary, like she had PTSD from, the situations that happen like within her home situations mm-hmm. that happen like within the prison, like nothing set her up for success, unfortunately. Yeah. I, um, I just read a book. It's called sing a, sing a dance. Hold on. Sing a rhythm dance of blues. It's by mm-hmm. um, Monique Morris, but she also wrote push out. She's actually doing um some, a little tour to promote the documentary that was created um, because of the book, but it talks about the criminalization of black and brown girls. Mm. And the one that I read that that came out this summer, it just kind of talked about how when a child is in trouble or commits a crime, we don't think about, well, what is this baby going through? What's going on at home? Mm. Like we just punish them. And I saw so much of this in this book, even with the other girls in the home, like nobody mm-hmm. has asked what's going on with you. Why are you acting out? I took a parenting class. I think when my daughter was like 12 or 13 and they were like, kids don't act up for no reason. So if your child is acting up, something's going on. I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. Something is going on. And nobody ever thinks that nobody like remember when you get in trouble in school, but nobody ever sits down. And is like, well, what's going on? Well, why right. do you feel that way about him? You know, you never know. That person could be touching on the kid or they could be being abused at home. Like there could be so much going on, but nobody cares enough. It's more so well, I just need to punish you. And it's like that doesn't work. And mm-hmm. it, like prison doesn't rehabilitate anybody. And if mm-hmm. we as a society um, or more so this country, because a lot of countries don't do this crap, if we actually looked at the whole situation and trying to rectify that versus trying to punish someone and throw them away, we might be somewhat better than what we are today. Mm. Oh, word. I think that you brought up a really good point about um, their backgrounds. And I do like that the author took her time to humanize the girls at some point. Like in the beginning, it was like, oh, you know, this is just terrible, terrible situation. And then as we continue to move, like, throughout the book, we got to get the backgrounds on a lot of these ladies, like their home structures. We got to know, you know, new girl, you know, we got to see, you know, the relationship with her father when he didn't come pick her up for, what was it, Christmas? Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. or Thanksgiving? I think it was Thanksgiving because Christmas she spent with the attorney. But Thanksgiving, like we got to see 
what could have possibly influenced them to make these bad decisions. I think Kelly was also humanized when, you know, her parents got introduced into um, the situation. I think Tara, Tara was the one that had to me like the hardest story when I think she, I can't remember the exact sentence or the exact um, statement that she made, but you know, her father, it sounded like her father was abusing, sexually abusing her. Mm -hmm. Or was it Tara? I can't remember if it was Tara, but someone was saying that their dad had told them, you know, you can't let anybody know about this or something like that because they won't understand. And I think it was Tara. I think it was Tara. Or just, you know, coming from that huge household, you know, where it's a lot of people, you're getting overlooked, you know, by, you know, everything else that's going on with the older siblings. It was a lot. I I did appreciate that part that Tiffany took the time to kind of make, because everybody in the beginning looked like freaking demons. Like they were doing all this crazy stuff, raising all this hell within this home. And then we got to see one, the girls be humanized. And then we got to see the other, like the Miss Stein and Miss Reba. We got to see their backgrounds. We got to see where they fucked up in life. And that, you know, people may put on this facade like they have everything together. And you never know, you know, what bad they've done in their life in order to get into that situation. Because I think Miss Stein had some issues at her previous job. That's how she ended up running the current group home. And then mm-hmm. now she's up for investigation after she was fired. I think she was a social worker. Right, you know, right. And there was an incident that happened. So I did like that, that, you know, towards the middle, the end of the book, that coin flipped and we got to see versatility from these characters versus just a one-sided thing. Right, right. I did like that she showed, you know, both sides, both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it, it was a really good read. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it you liked lot. it. <laughs> <laughs> Were there any other themes that really like grabbed your attention? Uh, the ending when... I don't know who it was at the discussion. One, I liked how they flipped on the psychology lady. Like, girl, you do not yes. know what we're going through. Ugh, broke but it down for her. The um, one of them said, like, but it's like your mom, and like, you know, your mom brought you into this world, and you know, and the you least you can do. And I'm like, yeah. absolutely not. I mm-hmm. do not like that. That's been a a huge theme, like in the black community. They, there's there's oh, yeah. been so many like articles about the dynamics between especially like black girls and their moms. Their moms, but yes. I definitely have not participated in, you know, you gave me life and I have to literally put up with your mess. And mm-hmm. I'll make a joke around here and I'll tell my daughter, I'm like, look, I brought you into this world and she like, and I ain't asked to be here. I'm like, <laughs> you right. You right. So I'm a I'm gonna move along, but I've also told her um, if she does not want to talk to me, if she feels like she talks to me and she doesn't leave the conversation feeling good, that she doesn't have to talk to me. Like, I'm not always going to be this loving parent or say everything that, you know, she wants to hear. And as a human, I will mess up and I give her the opportunity to say, hey, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, my daughter will only ask me for homework help if she's in dire need. Otherwise she like, nah, I'm gonna ask somebody else. Cause I am definitely, if Johnny had five Ooh. apples, <laughs> what the, and I she like, you know what girl, thing. right. She like, girl, no, 
<laughs> well, every black kid had the same childhood because we right. Know. So she like, nah, player, I don't want your help. And I'm like, I get it, I get it. But yeah. I, you know, I, I have been raised in a family where no matter what they did, you had to deal with it. And I'm like, that's not fair. Mm. Like you, I get yeah. that you're human, but you don't get a pass because you're a parent. You don't. Yeah, where's the accountability? And I feel like moving into the current generation, I feel like we're breaking a lot of those cycles or I see people being more aware because, Mm -hmm. yes, we cannot fault our parents for, you know, what they received as a child. But I just feel like if you know that something is not working, where is your, just where is your accountability to say, what can I do to fix the situation versus continuing it or allowing it to get worse? And I definitely, especially within the black community, like the way that we handle certain things that happen, happen amongst like family members, whether Mm -hmm. it is, you know, close relatives or distant relatives is terrible. Like that whole, you know, Oh, you got to hug everybody, you know, no, your child does not have to hug everybody because you don't know, you know, what's going on, what has happened you know, what that child is able to pick up on. And, you know, the mother-daughter relationship, I feel like that is a hard one. And I have a friend that has a um, difficult relationship with her mom. And this book was a little rough for her to read. And I forgot to give her that warning, you know, and I felt bad or whatever, because I know a lot about, you know, their relationship. And I felt very bad. But even like with me and my mom, like we don't have these same issues, but sometimes, you know, we do have disagreements where it just comes down to, okay, well, I'm the mom, you know, whatever. So pretty much, you know, what I say, you know, goes or not necessarily that because she doesn't really, she's not confrontational, but it'll be more like someone else will try and make you feel guilty for Mm -hmm. you standing up for yourself, which I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why we still subscribe to that. As we become adults, we have opinions, we have feelings, as children have feelings, right. you know, and I feel like they're valid. People need to listen to them and at least give them, you know, an opportunity to be expressive. I mean, I have learned so much from my daughter that mm-hmm. it makes me so jealous that she's able to have a voice. Like I tell people, if you come yeah. in my house, especially now because we moved to a place where you could tell a lot of roommates live here. Because it's really like kind of set apart. Our rooms are on the opposite sides of the of the unit. But you Mm -hmm. wouldn't know who the parent is. Like she'll come in my my room, bathroom, like this is just nasty. I'd be like, you right. I'm gonna go clean it up. Or, you know, why is this? I'm like, you right. Um, But just the things that she's been able to kind of say to me. And it's just coming Mm -hmm. from a child's innocence. But it's like, huh, Mm -hmm. you're right. Um, one day I was talking to a friend of mine, this was my daughter had to be like 10 or 11 and she was calling me about her man problems. Well, and I'm just like trying to do the best I can, but I'm like, girl, I, I really, I was single. I'm like, I'm really not in a place to tell you, but I was Mm -hmm. trying to like give her advice and my daughter is like listening, but she was like, I know you ain't in there cause you had this and you had that. And I, and I'm like, ain't nobody asked you, Mm -hmm. but kids pick up on it. And had that Mm -hmm. been me with my mom, I would have got popped in the mouth so hard I might have lost the tooth Mm -hmm. but um just uh, my daughter says a lot of things sometimes I'm not really trying to hear but I need to hear and as long as it's not done in a disrespectful way you know I'm open to it because they've been here before 
They know something. Yeah. <laughs> As you were talking, it just made me think about that, like that top, like bop, black mama phrase when they'd be like, I'm not one of your little friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but why do we have to omit friendship, you know, from the mother daughter relationship? I feel like that's kind of like an escape. Like it's, mm. you know, it takes away from authority to be vulnerable, you know, with someone of a lesser position. And like even outside of the mother daughter um, dynamic, that could be, you know, at work, your boss, you know, with you. I know that like I had a previous boss before and he did not like to see anybody, you know, allow he did not want anybody to see him be wrong. And it's just like, it's OK. We all make mistakes. You know, we're all human. And I feel like that's kind of what happens within the household as well. It's like, oh, no, I can't allow you to, you know, see me make a mistake or like how they have those conversations. And it was like your parents never apologize. They just be like, oh, you want something from the store? I'm getting ready to go mm-hmm. to the store. You want something from the store? Like, I don't know where the disconnect is and why we're unable to, you know, have those kind of like those conversations or those like vulnerable moments. But mm, it's, you know. But like you said, the millennials are breaking it. And then I have a a lot of hope for Generation Z coming up behind us. Mm -hmm. We're going to be all right. I don't know what these baby boomers going to do, but... (laughs) Awareness awareness is the first step. I always say that awareness is the first step. And then from there, you know, it's like what you do with it. So I'm happy to see like my friends that are currently like raising children. They're actively trying to break, you know, generational curses. Because I think that's another thing, like just talking about like reprimanding children. And Mm -hmm. the first thing is, oh, let me go get this belt versus, you know, let's have a conversation about this. Let me see what's really going on first before we move into you know whooping your ass <laughs> right or it, do you really need a whooping they might just be being two like cat Williams mm-hmm. said maybe your baby is supposed to like skittles he too <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that's heavy and it makes me think about mary's mom too like she definitely had that down to a t where i'm the mama you the baby you know whatever so whatever i said I say goes, and that's, you know, how she ended up in the situation that she ended up with, you know, in the first place. Because even when she tried to come to her and talk to her about Ray, you know, coming into her bedroom, which that kind of confused me because at one point it sounded like he attempted to sexually Mm -hmm. assault her. And then in another part, it sounded like it actually happened, you know, so. I saw that too. I don't know if I missed that, but that part had me confused. And then it was like the mom didn't do anything to stand up for her. She's I, more I don't concerned know. about the man. Right. Keeping and him. Go, and ooh, nothing I hate more than a black mama man. that does that. What'd you ooh. say? And he was somebody else's man. Exactly. Yeah. So that that part really pissed me but off. But she did too. kill him. So. I know. Oh, we know. I know you touch my baby. I'm I'm going to jail mm. for a long time. Yeah. A very long time. Mm. I might not ever get out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't. So I'm like, I don't have children, but I, yeah, I know I'm not above. Because when they go low, we go even lower. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in going high. Good. I ain't. That ain't me. Sorry, Auntie Michelle, but I just. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, you go I low, I'm kicking you. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> just, it ain't the move for me. Mm. Do you think that? 
race played a big part? Because I don't know what time period. Did we get any timestamps within this? We book? did. We did. Um, Hurricane Katrina came up, didn't it? Or no? I'm trying to remember. I feel like it was like late. Maybe it happened in the 90s. And then she was a teenager mm-hmm. in the 2000s. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly, but I feel like we did have some time references. Okay. But I can't well, remember, I remember exactly. If we had any. But, um, yeah, I don't think race was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, like when society sees it, maybe, but I just, I don't see anybody responding positively to the death of a baby. Right. Um, and I'm glad she didn't harp on it. Like she did like noted, like, Hey, this was an issue and all that, but it wasn't a huge piece of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've seen it cause I was in Michigan. I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a six year old black boy who shot his classmate and she was white. And mm-hmm. I just remember everybody being outraged. Like, he killed her. It, it happened not mm-hmm. too far after one of the school shootings. I don't know if it was Columbine or what, but there had been another major shooting. And then this happens actually happened in Flint. But I remember mm-hmm. people just being outraged, period. Because it's like a six-year-old took a gun to school and shot. Right. Hmm. I'm going to look girl. it up. I want to see how that trial went. Because yeah, I, don't, I don't remember what happened to him. But mm-hmm. he was growing up in a bad home. Okay. Um, there was a lot going on in behind the scenes, but I don't know what happened. Mm. But yeah, people were just outraged because it because it happened. I didn't see a a huge thing around race. Around race, yeah. Because I because if they didn't bring it up, honestly, I would not have known that Mary was black. Right. Like I don't know if you um, picked up on it. But I feel like she was kind of racially like ambiguous to me, mm-hmm. like until maybe we got into the hair. But I feel like there are people of Hispanic, you know, descent, you know, I don't want to use Afro Latino, but because, you know, <laughs> they we never know issues right now <laughs> within the community. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like I it took me a while. And honestly, I didn't even think her mom was black. Like I didn't really pick up on that. I think they said she could cook. And I was like, oh, this is somebody black. Like the stuff that she was describing she can cook. I'm like, oh, this is a Southern woman. Mm, mm, Yeah, that's true. That's true. But that's that's the only thing. But it if she left color out, you the story mm -hmm. still would have been awesome. Right. Cause I honestly I didn't pick up on it other than like maybe a few descriptions of some of the girls within the home. Other than that, I would not have known that, you know, race would not have come into my mind. I would have just had like blank characters and their stories just kind of carrying them, you know, throughout versus race being a factor. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was, that was a thing for me. Cause I, it came up a few times and I was like, mm, because especially when the attorney that was trying to overturn that case, like that was something that she was kind of pushing. Um, in addition to how young Mary was. Right, which was more of a factor for me, the age. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, me, too. Because yeah. that's where I started thinking about accountability. Like, even if she was 
you know, guilty? Did she know what she was doing at the time? Did she really understand the consequences of her actions? And then the thing is, too, at that age, she's not responsible for a baby. The mother, the guardian, you know, her mom is responsible, not her. So if something happens, it should always fall on whoever was there, you know, watching, which her mom was there at the time. So, Right. Very complex situation. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of, I kept going back and forth about this, like in my head. And then I just couldn't, I, it was so many people that I feel like it was easy to place the blame on. Like even when Mrs. Richardson was telling, you know, her part of the story where she was like, I felt like something was wrong, you know, but it was my husband's idea to go out, you know, so many events leading up to that. I felt like could have been, could have swayed the events. I'm talking about this, like, this is a real story. <laughs> but, like, could have, you know, changed the ending, you know? Like, because they, what if they didn't go to the holiday party? Because technically she didn't want to go. She wasn't, you know, supposed to be there. But the husband was supposed to, you know, have a, you know, sexy night out where they were going to try and conceive another child that night as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what if they didn't go? You know, it wouldn't happen, so... Yeah, you could tell she she kind of blames herself for not going with her gut. Mm-hmm. And I've or learned even over like my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've learned over my life. Follow the gut. Mm-hmm. Never go. Oh, it's yeah. always right. Yeah, it's always <laughs> that right. is true. That's true. But I um I I just could not find myself feeling bad for Mrs. Richardson. Like I did at first, up until the end when Mary went to her home, and to see how she was just still stuck there. Like, I feel like, I don't know, and this may be insensitive of me, but I've never dealt with that type of loss. But I feel like there is something to be said about someone that's able to overcome. And I just did not see that from her. Like, she just kind of stayed there. It was like she just kind of gave up on herself versus, you know, coming out of that situation and pushing forward in life. Um, I could kind of see how she did do that because mm-hmm. like the husband couldn't handle it and he left. But I um I know some people that when their child passes, like they never touch their room, they leave their room mm-hmm. there. And I try not to imagine what that feels like cuz I don't want to know. Right. But uh my sister was actually named after her 6-year-old cousin who was shot um, by somebody playing with a gun. Mm. And my aunt passed. When did she pass? She passed when I was in college. And this happened before my sister was born in 83. And, you know, around the time, well, shortly after her death, they were saying how, you know, she always lived with that grief and that she had like a gripe with God because she could Mm. not understand why he took her baby. You know, sometimes in life we kind of understand why we went through things. Right. But I could imagine that there is nothing that shows that, oh, you know, this is why such and such left. Mm -hmm. But they said like she kind of lived with it forever. She did go on and have more kids. But as anyone can imagine, that's not going to heal that spot. Mm hmm. Right. Not not at all. So um, 
I just hope that if I ever have to experience something dramatic like that, like I have a support system in place because I don't think she had that. Like after he left her, and I don't think they really have family because they were new. You know. I think they had just moved and that's how they got. Um, they just moved. I think they happened to go to church and that's how they mm-hmm. met Mary's mom. So they didn't know anyone there. That's how, you know, they end up watching the baby and they end up getting close. So, right, because yeah, she didn't have like a mama where she could take the baby and then like feel right. better. Mm. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm fifty fifty on that because I wanted to see her because it wasn't her fault. I wanted to see her blossom. I wanted to see her take what happened and just make like a whole you know new life for herself. Even if Mister Richardson, you know, deserted her, like I just wanted so much better for her. Like I like to see. People come out on top, you know, mm-hmm. you know, so that was definitely hard. Like once Mary went to the house, the the child's room, I can understand. But like the rest of the house and just how like the state of her, like how she was, I just feel like I wanted a lot more for her than what we saw. Because Mary's mom was out here flourishing, you know, married a rich man that she didn't deserve. So she I felt not. like, you know, I <laughs> wanted to not. see <laughs> Mrs. Richardson do so much better than what, you know, she was doing at that time. Right. So, but I did, I did feel, you know, sorry for her. definitely some sympathy there. Okay. Is there anything else that stood out to you within the book? Any themes or anything? No, it's just that ending. Mm, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> moving on to the ending. So now we're going to ask the jury, which is going to be us because it's just us, (laughs) if we felt like Mary was guilty of the crime. And I'll let you go first. Not guilty. (laughs) Not guilty. I do not think that she was guilty. Okay. Nope. Not guilty. Hmm. How do you feel? Ooh, I'm, I'm like Regine, okay? When she was in, <laughs> when she was in there holding up everybody else when they were trying to make a decision on living single because I am halfway so I am along the lines of that last story I mean the way she just sounded or the way I read it it just sounded like okay this child did it and then oh because you, go you back, read you had the audio book so you you could put a voice to it mm-hmm. okay. And it was a little bit different. But even when I read it, it just read very dark to me. Like, literally, I... And the crazy thing is, this is how good this book was. Because I read it, listened to it before, read it the second time. And that ending still took me for a loop where I was like, oh, my God. I had to, like, close the book, step away for a second. Like, did I just read this? So half of me is saying... And you can't even do half. So... <laughs> I don't know because everything leading up to it was like, oh no, the child didn't do it. You know, the mama did it. You know, so mm, I think y'all gonna have to kick me out out the jury. Y'all gonna have to kick somebody else. <laughs> it's a it's a hung jury because mm, I'm a half and half on this one. I don't know. What got me know. there is because she only changed her story because of that last group session they had. Where it was like, well, your mom, like, you should do this for your mom. Like, why would, and I think that's why she, why she changed. Mm. But she had no feelings otherwise. And she confronted her mom. Right. 
Um, but I did like that the lawyer was still going to pursue it. But had she had the necklace, she'd have had a better, better chance. Mm. Do you think that the lawyer was really looking out for Mary or was she looking out for herself because, she, because this became her obsession? I mean, it, uh, it was already her obsession for Mary mm-hmm. showed up. Um, right. And, you know, some type of case like that could definitely propel your legal career. Mm-hmm. But I think she really cared. Like she invited Mary to her home and everything. Um, Cause I, you know, I could be all out here volunteering as much as I want to, but ain't nobody come to my house. <laughs> like yeah. I will meet you at the community center, mm-hmm. but I feel like she, she really cared. And I think when she described when she first heard about the case in college and how she had that debate with her professor, Mm-hmm. That she really felt strongly about it. So I I don't think she was. Okay. I think she really I, cared. I agree. I definitely agree. I feel like there were some moments where she was kind of disappointed. And you don't get disappointed in somebody unless you actually care, you know? So I felt like there was definitely some level of caring versus, you know, a court-appointed attorney that really doesn't know the case, you know, and they're just coming in because she definitely... This case definitely became something that became a part of her life from college, you know, moving forward. I know we didn't we didn't discuss this lady, but she was my absolute favorite. Miss Claire. Uh, <laughs> yes. She was my yes. absolute favorite. She was amazing. Oh my God. She yeah. was a godsend. Yep. yep. She was Shout a out to those people. In mm-hmm. the book, yes, she was definitely a light in the book, and I can't believe we almost left off on her because she said something within that book that really like grabbed me. When Mary was so ashamed and wanted to know, like, if she knew who she was, and she was like, "Girl, I don't care about your past. Like, right, I'm here right now, you know, and I'm judging you based on what you're currently showing me." And to me, that was amazing. And we all need to be like Miss Claire. Yes, 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 we do. I wonder if I saved, because something else she said stood out to me. I wonder if I highlighted it. Mm. I don't think I did. Oh, I got two highlights. Let me see what they are. Okay. <laughs> she was dropping, to me, she was dropping gems. Hell, she told her, don't be worried about that boy. Leave that boy yeah, alone. It said, right. It said, what you may or may not have done is not the definition of who you really are. That was mm-hmm. toward the end. And it's written in a in a Caribbean accent, so I know it was her. And then I highlighted something at the 95% through the book. It says, she is right. She is my mama, my protector, my best friend, but I'm somebody's mama too. Mm, that was heavy, right? Yeah, that one. Like you said, it just kind of sit with you. You got to close. You got to sit there. like. Because mm-hmm. then it starts to think about, and that's, I think that was... To me, that was like when we really saw Mary just kind of come to her own because she struggled with that relationship with her mom, regardless of how she felt about the way that her mom treated her or mistreated her. She still held her up like, you know, on this pedestal, like this is my mother. You know, she was looking forward to her coming and visiting even before the case where, you know, she wanted her mom to tell the truth. Like there was her mom bought some type of light or joy within her life. But then towards the end, you could see where she was like, okay, this is about me now. This is about me. This is about my child being, you know, and this is where I'm at with it. And I love that mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. 
I'm always for somebody sticking up for themselves. So that was big for me too. Right. Okay. okay. And lastly, mm-hmm, if we're done, are you done? I'm done with this part. I was looking at the next question. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So I, I'm, I'm gonna say what I have to say after you go first, since you actually had a decision. So the final, final verdict from the judge: Could Mary be held accountable for her actions? This this is very complex and definitely somebody with some degrees, preferably some PhDs in sociology mm-hmm. and all that. But experience. <laughs> right. And some research because I just don't think a nine year old should be held accountable. I think that when children are punished, mm-hmm. it's so the victims, the, the families of the victims feel um, retribution or something like that, but mm, I don't okay. think we we get anything out of a society if we throw a child in jail. For the most part, people, which I understand, people have to be punished, mm-hmm. but we need to have some sort of rehabilitation. But even outside of that, when it just comes to children, we need to look for ways and methods that would fix them or mm-hmm. or help them. Versus throwing them in a cell because they got absolutely nothing out of that. I can't see um, my child being killed when she was a baby and me wanting a nine year old to go to jail. Like I, that would not. Like I don't think Miss Richardson got anything out of that. Mm -hmm. Because you're still a mother, you're still gonna have those motherly, you know, feelings or instincts. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you she. I mean, she had developed a relationship to where she felt like. You know, because Mary was like, oh, you know, maybe she'll adopt me. So you you have to sit and think about their their relationship. They had a really good relationship up until that point. So, yeah, I can see. I can definitely understand that. Right. So how do you feel, even though you're kind of undecided? Mm-hmm. I'm undecided. About, wasn't she guilty? <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard because I'm just looking at everything. And I just can't say not guilty. But what I will say is I feel the same way. I just feel like she was a product of her environment. And regardless of whether she did something to aid in the death of whether she understood what she was doing or not, I just feel like she can't be held responsible for her actions. Because even though she was gifted and she was smart, that's like, you know, the thing where people are like book smart, but they're not street street smart. So she might have understood like math. She might have been reading at this, you know, higher level and stuff like that. But did she really understand emotions? Did she really understand compassion? Did she really understand a lot of the things that shoot us as adults? You know, we still struggle with. So I'm going to say no, she couldn't have. And I feel like her mom definitely influenced her to make some of those very bad decisions that she made that night, regardless of whether one of those situations or one of those decisions or actions actually caused, you know, the death of Alyssa. Right. Rest in peace, Alyssa. Yes. Rest in peace. (laughs) Alyssa and the cat and the cat. (laughs) Fuck that cat. (laughs) Fuck that cat up. Okay. (laughs) And bagged him up to go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) No type of remorse. She didn't care whatsoever. So, mm-hmm. 
don't yeah. know. This is a heavy read, so <laughs> it was, but it was it was good. It was, it was good, like heavy, it was, but it was good. It was really good. It was good for October because you know Halloween, thirty-one days of nothing but scary, gory stories, movies, and costumes, and all those great things. So I definitely felt like this was like a perfect read. And everybody that I know that have read it um, or listened to it so far has loved it. So I'm glad that you guys are loving it, loving our selections. And hopefully um, the people who are reading it, if you did listen, hopefully this did not spoil it for you. Because I feel like we still didn't talk about uh, some of the other things within the book. So you still have some surprises left. Right. You definitely got to read it for yourself. Because you kept saying I was going to be pissed off and I was like we'll see but yeah you ready for the music segment yes so for the music segment this one was a little bit hard because I was trying to think about what songs to pick and then I just settled Mm -hmm. on bad girls or women behaving badly in music. I think I put Usher on there too, though. So, mm. okay. <laughs> you gonna have to excuse that one, but I like that song. <laughs> so if I had to pick a song for the book off the top of my head right now, I'm going to go with Rihanna breaking dishes. Okay. Mm. Okay. So how are you feeling with it? Cause I think you had a different so... direction. I did. I went kind of like gangster nineties. And I don't know, because me and my sister listened to a lot of that music together and mm-hmm. a lot of this resonated, made me think of my sister and her experiences in group homes. I heard telling me about like the crazy white girl she was locked up with. Um and me also I was pregnant as a teen and like trying to take standardized tests and stuff like that and trying to figure out a, a way out of you know the situation or to do better for your baby so a lot of this just made me think of like home and growing up and that led me to um a lot of different kind of hood songs so I don't have I think I have one woman on um the playlist but the one song if I if I have to choose one is Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio mm, okay I like that <laughs> and- I was like, been spending most of our life. I love the hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my playlist is very dark. Mm, okay, so very I'm going to give it a listen. You're not going to get a bop or nothing. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I got Beyonce. I got all the girls on there, but that sounds good too. I love rap. So definitely, definitely we'll be checking that out. Yeah, it's it's funny how we went in completely different directions. <laughs> but I like that. I feel like it shows, you know, how different we are. So mm-hmm. I love that, you know, we are able to offer because all of the listeners, all of the readers, everybody's not one dimensional. And that's one of the things that we definitely want to show within the Hot Girl Book Club, that we can be versatile. We can be fly. We can be sexy. We can be smart. We can be all of these things. And definitely still be able to, you know, come together with our sisters and a few of our brothers who are part of the club. Hey, y'all. And, you know, just kind (laughs) of come to, you know, come on one accord. So, you know. Right. We are not a monolith. (laughs) Yes. I learned that word this year. I've been using the hell out of it. (laughs) Mm, I need to I need to set my game up. Start going to the word of the day. (laughs) 
Right. Yes. And now we're going to move over to the bulletin board where we make any announcements for any upcoming books or anything special that we have in the works. So Tamika, what you got going on? I ain't got much going on. This sickness threw me off, but Mm. I'm still doing book reviews on my Instagram if you Mm want to check that out. And I will be at the Well-Read Black Girl Festival this weekend. So if you're going, hit me up. And the other thing is the book for next month is Dressed in Dreams Mm -hmm. by Tanisha Ford. And we're going to be talking about the book and hot girl fashion. So I'm excited for that. Hey, I want my hot girl boots last night. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, that's that's it for me. Okay. What you got going on? I don't have anything going on. I may have an announcement soon in November. We're going to see um, how I'm feeling, but I definitely, I want to get back into writing. So I've been playing around with a few different things. So I may have an announcement for November, but I do want to close out saying, hopefully you guys had an opportunity to shop at the Common Sense Co. Dot com because these candles, I got my order and I want to say the candles are amazing. Hoodie season was everything I needed in life. Yeah, I bought a lot, but I'm still on hoodie season. I haven't moved. Mm, look, they all smell good, but hoodie season, I'm like, this yeah. is where I'm at. Because I smell a man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they and they, they are powerful. Like it's going all throughout my place versus mm-hmm. just staying um, in the living room where I have it. Yes, long lasting. So, and you are being modest. What she is talking about writing, but she already has some books out here. Uh, I do. So, okay. Hmm. Next month, we'll do it. Next month, we'll we'll okay. we'll do some things because I'm trying to, you know, you know. Hmm. All right. Well, they already out there on Amazon. <laughs> if you search Ingrid Merced, you will find her works. Oh, thank you, Tamika girl. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes, read and tell me what you think. Be honest, you know, because I'm still a young, growing writer and I'm always open to feedback. So if you didn't like something, let me know so that I can improve. You know, that's all. Life is about improvement. So and if you love them, let me know as well, because I love to hear feedback from readers. You know, it's still shocking that I actually did something I said I was going to do. So, mm, yes. Well, good for you. (laughs) Anything else, Tamika? Nope, that's it for me. I'm looking forward to next month. Yes, me and too. I really enjoyed this month. Me too. I'm gonna, as we read this book, I'm going to commit to getting dressed when I go out versus throwing on what I feel comfortable in. Because Shan gave us a guide, a color yes. guide, and now we're moving into fashions, fall fashions, and doing history of fashion pieces. So I feel like this is going to be hot girl fall where we need to, you know, step the game up a little bit. So I'm going to commit to doing that. Right. And stop wearing, stop wearing black all the time. Yes. Even though black is such comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Offers such comfort. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the third episode of the Hot Girl Book Club where we discussed allegedly. As I said it before, if you have not read the book, hopefully we did not spoil it for you. If you have read the book, please, 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 please reach out to us on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and let us know what you thought about this episode as well as what you thought about the book. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.